here live. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. Yep. And today we're talking about spiritual gifts. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? A couple of things. Two people being vilified, one undeservingly and one maybe deservingly. I don't know. We'll see how you feel about it. But... (laughs) The new uh, the new meme. Let's go, Brandon. Sweeping the internet this week. Our uh, our leader, Uncle Joe Biden, was given a not not so great uh, cheer at, at Talladega this past week. Yeah. The the entire crowd in unison <laughs> chanting at the end of the race, "F Joe Biden." And the quick thinking reporter. So this guy, Brandon Brown. Wins at Talladega. That's like a huge deal. He won at Talladega. He's been doing this forever. This is what he's been waiting for. They're interviewing him, and the whole crowd is chanting, F Joe Biden. And the reporter steps in quick on her feet thinking, oh, listen to that cheer. Let's go, Brandon. They're all on your side. (laughs) So now let's go, Brandon, is code for. It's code for F Joe Biden. Yeah, the, the uh, approval ratings, not so good. Not looking good at all. Here and, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's always kind of the pre- – like, who's – I guess Obama was the last, like, real yeah. president that everybody was like, yeah, he's cool. Like, all right, we're okay. Even when he was, like, you know, droning people. It was like, <laughs> well, we didn't see that. Yeah, it's like, nah, he's all right. He's cool. He's all right. <laughs> I think it's just a likability thing. I think those polls, yeah. like, oh, how's it doing on the economy? How's it? People don't know anything. They're just, do you like him or not? Eh, not today, so no. And so his approval rating just goes down and then gets into a poll. And then it's like, oh, he's like 38 points <laughs> disapproval rate, whatever. Yeah, a, a 38 point approval rating, you know. But I feel like the president, it's just like, that's a, that's like a thing we love to do is just hate the president, right? Whoever it is. Yeah. Whoever it true. is. Well, I mean, like the thing that's that's interesting that they're pointing out. Is, I was watching uh, Tim Pool, and they're kind of talking about this thing going on, and they were saying how you know, with with any poll you take, Republicans are going to think that a Democratic president is doing horrible. Democrats right. are gonna, he's doing great. Yeah. But the Joe Biden problem is that independents are starting to think he's doing a bad job, and that's bad because those are the people that are going to decide elections. The, the people right down the middle that don't really have a party line. Everybody has a party line, dude. Like this yeah. whole this whole third party thing. Makes me mad, kind of, because it, I think it's just a way of, of people to say, "Well, I'm not a Republican. Well, I'm also not a Democrat because I know mm. people don't like those things." So I just wish there was a third party. I wish we could have a this two party system. It's so bad. It's like, well, we already have a third party, and it's not doing anything. Like, I mean, we we technically have a third party, and it, and we have a, like the Libertarian Party, right? You know, and it's like, okay, that's not happening. And usually a lot of people who feel that way are are more libertarian. I think people on the left are okay with being Democrat. They want to be a Democrat, right? right? And the people on the right of like, you know, just, they want to be Republicans. But the people in the middle are just like, well, I kind of know. I kind of see like both ways, like let like gay people get married and have, let people have abortion and legalize drugs, but also like be uh, have a budget and don't spend so much. Like that's libertarian. <clears throat> okay. So now – but we have that, and that's going nowhere. So – you're gonna lean left or right. You just are. I mean, you just are. And guess what? That third party is not gonna check all your boxes either. 
Right. You know what I mean? And nothing will because you're a person. You're your own thing. Right, right. So, like, anytime we do any sort of groups, I mean, you get a group of 10, they're not going to see eye to eye on everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so, let alone a, a, a political party. So, I don't know. You, you, it's never going to be satisfied. So, just like, look, drift left or drift right, and you just kind of go with it. People just think, like, if you say you're a Republican or if you say, you know, you're a Democrat, you're just, like, planting your flag and say, like, I agree with everything all Republicans have ever said. Right. It's like, no. Who's, who, if anybody thinks that, you're a moron. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if someone says I'm a Republican and you think that means I agree with every single Republican that ever lived, you don't, you're just not worth talking to. Like, come on. We're not having a conversation here. You're, that's, you're, you're that's, not treating people like an individual. That's why, But nobody does anymore. Nobody treats anyone like an individual. It's all, like, what's your party? So then when you're trying to even define yourself or trying to figure out where you are, like this whole political, I'm politically homeless. Oh, I'm politically oh, <laughs> Nobody is like, I'm so unique and right. so, you know, <laughs> uh, genuine and authentic and just so nuanced in, in everything that nothing can define me. I'm, I'm, I'm undefinable. That's the, I, you uh, can't box me in. I'm too big for boxes. That's what they're saying. Anybody says the, like, I'm politically homeless or I don't know what to do. Or I'm just like, you just try just get over yourself. I mean, I don't know. It's the whole. That's the. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual of politics. Yes, it's just like it, what you're just elevating yourself above all the boxes, and it's right. like, okay, great, good for you. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just the whole. Meanwhile, we'll be down here voting. <laughs> you know? the, the thing that I thought was interesting too is they brought up that the shift in the Republican Party to where people that are more right leaning, um, but socially libertarian or socially democratic started to lean more Republican when they dropped the gay marriage issue. Yeah. And that I remember there being a push for that when I was uh, in 2012, 20, 2013, and a lot of Republican commentators were saying, like, look, it's a losing battle. We got to drop the gay marriage issue if we want votes. We just have to. Yeah. yeah that, that, There's that was, no real conviction about it. About Right. Because people didn't know. People couldn't – I mean, people don't know what the Bible says about it. It's like, well, I don't right. know. The Bible's old. Who knows? Like, let's just – Okay, fine. It's not gross anymore. We watch Modern <laughs> Family. We watch Modern Family, and they're very nice. Or like, I used to think gays were just sexual, insane people, but now I've met a few, and it's okay. My realtor now. is gay, and he's a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, my cousin. You know, some everybody knows has a gay person they love, right? Of course. And so then it's like, okay, never mind. You know, it's like, well, then right. where, where were you standing before? <laughs> you weren't standing on anything before. No. You were standing on some kind of tradition. They were standing oh, with sure. culture. That's, that was it. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's of course that's going to change. <laughs> you know? Well, the other the other hit piece this week was uh, Vice writing about our good personal friend, Uncle Doug Wilson. Close personal friend of the podcast. Close Doug personal Wilson. friend. Pronouncing our, our personal mentor, Doug Wilson. Yes. <laughs> Vice pronouncing their woes on him and his ministry. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I don't read Vice, so I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> aware of it until he kind of started responding on his blog and made which blog. that actually says a lot about Vice that we didn't know what was happening until he talked about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people read Vice, I don't know, but um, yeah, so I was like, well, hang on, so I stopped reading the, the blog and I went and read the Vice article, the whole thing, and yeah, I mean, it's a typical, you know harassment and abuse was brought up to him and he did nothing kind of thing and that's the you know right that's the, the story it's okay but you know the the nuance i mean you're hearing one side of the story you're hearing vice's side and what it sounded like was that uh it was 
Trinity Church, one of the uh, a Christ Church plant, not mm. Christ Church, not him. Right. But they made it sound like he's the one, you know, the 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 husband like raping his wife. Right. It's right. Like, okay, it's a very different story than what we're seeing. But yes, yeah, I mean, uh, let, let's see how it plays out. And he's talking, he's very being very like non-responsive, but while also being responsive as well. Right. Of, like, is this worth responding to? But I thought it was interesting. He was, he was saying like you're going to give me a gigantic microphone. You know what I mean? Like if he goes after vice, like his audience hears it or whatever. But if vice goes after him, vice mm. just introduced everyone to Doug Wilson. Right. You know? And it's like, I'm okay with that. Like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, that's great. I'd love them to hear more of him. And, <clears throat> yeah. Well, vice just assumes everybody thinks like them. Like we're all in agreement that this is horrible, right? Mm-hmm. They're not counting on the fact that like, uh, hearing the gospel is a thing that brings people to conviction. And right, yeah. I mean, I know there's this uh, in, this, this uh, Instagram page called Christian Nightmares, and <laughs> you know, follow that right now. <laughs> and it's uh, it's all the typical televangelist kind of stuff, and like you know, uh, just the the a lot of traditional Southern Baptist kind of crazy people and stuff, and the crazy pulpit pounding pastors and stuff and um but then like some they'll also put on like just these like old-timey folk singers they're talking about like uh being saved by the blood of the lamb and stuff and they're like they're like posting it as like can you believe this and it's like yeah i mean that's, yeah that's legit gospel stuff like, <laughs> that's yeah. basic stuff yeah like uh, some of the stuff like he's posting other instagrammers or other tiktok people or whatever kind of saying weird like we're gonna homeschool our children and, and it's like yeah like that's that's spot on thanks for for sharing that bro well you know what got this atheist sharing a bunch of christian memes and stuff and it's like yeah thanks that's good it's funny how uh we were talking about um what was the song you said that was number one like in the 60s it was a gospel song that was number one um oh happy day oh happy day yeah it was it was uh number one one. yeah i think it was yeah 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 Oh, happy day. Yes, the yes, gospel, yes. The old, like, um, yeah, the, Hawkins, the old gospel choir, Hawkins yes. Singers. I think it's Hawkins. Can't remember. We've gone from that to, can you believe they really believe they're washed in the blood of Christ? Like, the, the cultural <laughs> slip is so crazy. Yeah. I know, man. That is crazy. Like, when you think about it, like, man, that was, like, that was on the radio. Like, you know, yeah. Seven. Okay, that was it, man. That was a big song. And, and it was talking about, like, when I see Jesus and, and say, wow, okay, great. That's awesome. Let's do it. But I think people get it, you know. I it's just it's it's weird the how disconnected people I I I tend to assume that everybody has like a at least a grasp on like something about Christianity, just being an American. Like you get the idea. Jesus came down, died, rose again, saved people, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's amazing how many people don't even have that grasp of the concept. Yeah. I know. I hear people talk about it and they're like, oh, yeah, you do a bunch of, do a bunch of good deeds and you get to go to heaven if you're good enough. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't know what it is. And At like, all. You're an American. Like, wow. I think we do take it for granted that people do know, but they don't. They don't. And, and I think a lot of people have not heard and rejected a true gospel. Mm. They've heard and rejected a false gospel, which I is good. Like, that's kind of good that they're rejecting a gospel of works or something. But uh, we shouldn't take it for granted that just because they're American or even like a Texan or something that they know, like, really what it means to be a Christian, what the Bible says and, and the true gospel. So, you know, we're thinking, oh, we're just going to 
be another weird Christian telling them the same thing they've heard a million times. I don't want to be that guy, but like they've never talked to that guy, you know, right? With the true gospel, so go for it, you know. I was talking to uh, principal of the high school that I went to today, Christian Christian private school, Rainbow Hill, Rainbow Hills School for Boys, (laughs) Boys preparatory school, Boys Rainbow (laughs) Rainbow School. (laughs) And uh, it's funny the switch because when I was in school, everybody went to church somewhere. If you didn't go to that church, you went to some church. Like it's the thing you did. And now they're talking about how people are coming in who have zero gospel interaction at all. They just their parents don't want them in public school, so they put them in private school. And it didn't matter what private school it was. It was this, this one's here. It put them in there. Yeah, it's, that's what that's what my uh, happened to my mom. She was Catholic, and when she moved to Wichita Falls, they I don't know if they like didn't have a Catholic school or like they couldn't afford it. Or something, so they should put her in Bible Baptist Christian school, just because it was a church, <laughs> a church school. They watched right. her in a church school. And my mom is Protestant now. <laughs> she became Protestant. That's how I'm Protestant, basically. She met my dad there and stuff. So it's like, good job. That's great. <laughs> I could have just gone to Catholic amazing. school. Yeah. So yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, a lot of private like Christian schools have just become like the kids too like bad in public school right so like it's almost like a military school thing like just send them to the you know uniform school and right they'll straighten them out the church school yeah those nuns will smack them around and (laughs) smack them with the bible and get them right to get the demons out of them you know but it doesn't then they just become like bad kids in public in private school but a lot of private christian schools are just public school with prayer you know right i mean they try to do the same same thing yeah uh, have they, dude, is there any talk of changing the name of that school that you went to? Zero, zero name at all. They're like keeping the rainbow. Yeah, we're keeping it there because you know why, Solomon? Because the promise never ends. That's why. That was the motto. <laughs> uh, and what, what's funny is they got the name because that was the name of the neighborhood when they built it. The neighborhood has since straightened out and changed the name, but the school is holding tight to it. They're not letting it go. Even the neighborhood's like, we got to drop the rainbow. Yeah, the neighborhood's like, that's enough. We got to. There's no more rainbow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, we were talking about before about um, like the rainbow flag and the gay pride flag mm-hmm. and everything and how uh, LGBTQIA you know, it just keeps at plus, 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 plus. Right, right. Multiply. Um, it was just, it, there's no. And we're talking about borders. We're like, why, why do, yes. why do like leftists hate borders so much? It's because they're exclusionary and div- divisive. And you, you look at it, it's like you can't stand for it. You can't have a flag, so you, they just add another stripe to the inclusion, the inclusive flag or whatever it is, the pride flag or um, what is it? Like they call it. Yeah, it's called something like the uh, inclusive flag or the inclusive inclusion they put that- flag weird circle on it now that i don't even know what that stands for well it's like a bunch of stripes and then like yeah. a bu- like a triangle of stripes triangle stripes in. yeah, yeah. And then a and circle then, in the middle but they keep just adding a line every time there's a new some sort of new orientation comes on the scene yeah. of like you know non-binary and the gender uh, the, just uh, any anything any new stripe that comes up just gets added to the flag they don't get their own flag right because right. that's too divisive we all got to be part of the same you know the, the community the community, right? My people, right? So, but it's just, you get this ugly flag. And, you know. It is a really bad, because none of the colors, like the rainbow at least was cohesive. But then they're just throwing random, there's a brown circle and like the, the baby blue and pink. It, none of it goes together anymore. 
which is funny because the ideologies don't go together either. Like, how do you have trans and feminism in the same? It doesn't make sense. If, if it doesn't mean anything to be a woman, but also being a woman is special. Like, what that doesn't make any sense. Right. You have non-binary and bisexual. Like, right. Yes. Right. <laughs> you buy in both of those. Like, what? <laughs> you know, this doesn't work. But uh, yeah. So Doug Wilson. I don't know, man. Like, so they gave him a big microphone by by yeah. doing that, and he's happy to take it. And he'll, you know, do his thing. And um, and my pastor was like, what do we need to do to get Vice to write an article about <laughs> us? Like, it's like a goal of, like, to get, you know, to piss off the right people. And, uh, you know, get some free press, you know. Time. Time, I think, is what it is. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing for a longer period of time, and they'll find you eventually. Right. Well, that's what we're, we're talking about, like a new reformation or like, you know, when you have, being radical and stuff about mm. Christianity and everything. And I was saying it's, you know, you kind of it's it's a little simpler than we think, you think, because uh, we just have to not it's it's not about what we have to do. It's what do we not do. Right. Like, don't water down the gospel. Like, don't, mm. you know, stray from the Bible. Don't add other ideologies and things right don't, it's just do straight gospel just do it you know don't dilute it don't uh add anything or twist it or you know distort it whatever just go as like basic mainline straight forward you know biblical christianity and it's like that's radical like that's <clears throat> yeah. super, that'd super, be super radical, radical. <laughs> yeah not not dumbing it down for today's culture is radical so it's right. like, okay then just keep doing it like just go for it that's why i think about like because like Daily Wire is like trying to take back Hollywood for the right or something, and mm. like make a bunch, make like conservative-minded movies or whatever. Because liberal, Hollywood is so liberal and left or whatever, and the problem with that is that they're, you're declaring it, you're, you're declaring right. your agenda, and so and that's all. It's automatically going to put like a speed bump on it, you know, of and kind of weigh it down and, and slow it down because now everyone knows that you're just doing agenda, and everybody kind of knew that with the, with Hollywood, but they never said like. This is the leftist Hollywood. They, right. just, they just were it and just kind of slowly, you know, did it. They didn't declare it. They didn't, you know, even if it was, even when it was obvious, you know, with a lot of shows. Um, but they didn't declare it. But so when you declare it, it's like, okay, now you're now that we know this is like an agenda. So now people, you know, it might even be a good movie, but no one will know about it because you said it's the right. You turned off everybody. Hollywood. Yeah. So no one's even going to do it now. So I think what you have to do, like the the better way to do that, would be to just make a movie like they were in the eighties or nineties. You know what I mean? With not much thought to it of like, right? Well, hang on, do we have a you know gay black dwarf? You know, <laughs> amputee. You know what I mean? Like we got to check all the boxes. We got to make sure everyone's represented. You know, or do you just make a movie? Just make a freaking movie, and and don't worry about too much of that. Just right. Go for it. Just, just don't do those things. But you know they, I, mean? I mean, they can't do that because conservative is their identity. Right. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah. Conservative you're, is their you're identity. You're swinging the other way. Right. You know, and so I don't know. It's, it's it's more about what you're not doing than what you have to do when it comes to like being a radical, you know, truth. You know, telling the truth. Well, I mean, it's. You know, we were talking about Norman Rockwell, like how that's radical. Yeah. A radical thought, just that family dinners and little league baseball games is like counterculture, radical yeah. insanity. 
Yeah, it's just about kind of planting and just being like, well, this we're just going to stay here, you know, right. and not drift with the with the tide, kind of thing. Because they're doing something; they're the ones working. They're the ones doing right. all the work. How <laughs> you know much effort that costs to just be outraged and pissed off all the time on Twitter? <laughs> just chill. That's why I could never be one of those guys like like Matt Walsh or Shapiro, who's always in the news, always on Twitter, always reading, like reacting. It's, like, it's too much, man. I mean, at a certain point, it's just kind of the same thing over and over again. Right. You know, there's, there's nothing really new that they're doing. It's just they just keep doing it. But yeah. So hopefully. We'll see a little bit more uh, response from Doug Wilson on this vice hit piece. Uh, <laughs> it is a hit. It's like the definition of a hit piece. <laughs> I mean, like taking things out of context, like from his books and stuff. Oh, because uh, Doug Wilson's so witty and he's so like sarcastic. And yes. He, so it's hard to tell when he's like, okay, is he just like trolling you with this, or, <laughs> or does he know, mean it? Or is he declaring a, a, a one of you know staple of his beliefs and stuff of like. You know, but I don't think he ever really even does that. It's always with some kind of wit and right. you know, because um, he's a writer primarily. Yeah. He's crafting something. Yeah. So and so it's hard to read between those lines. So he'll have a sentence or something, and then it's like, yeah, but you, you have to put that in the context of that page or like the, whatever the whole overall thing he's saying. And um, yeah, and then it makes more sense. But they uh, they did one with Jeff Durbin a couple of years ago too. They actually did like an episode of some show on him. Hate thy neighbor. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. They had the guy yeah. like with them doing full documentary stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Man, I think Jeff Durbin would be like the best uh uh guest on Rogan. Um because mm. they both have the martial arts background. Right. And, like, you know, just kind of worldview culture issues and stuff. And um but I don't think Joe Rogan would never have him on. Not just because he is a pastor. Like right. the closest he That's got was problem. that Jason Wilson guy. Did you see that one with Jason mm-hmm. Wilson? This black guy. He like does a jujitsu with the young kids, and he has that video of the kid couldn't break through the board or something, and he starts crying. And so, oh, so I remember that video. He starts yeah, talking yeah. to him and stuff. Yeah, it went viral. Well, he's written a book and stuff, and that whole <laughs> like class is about like teaching men to be strong and mm-hmm. you know, kind of resisting this, you know, sort of. Um, feminization of, of, of masculinity and all these things and toxic masculinity, whatever. So he's kind of like resisting some of that. And he was a he he, he he said he's a Christian. He's talking about God. He's talking about Christ even. And so I was like, that's the closest he got of like right. getting someone in there to Joe Rogan, kind of talking to him. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, Joe Rogan's too close-minded. Right for that, that's bridge too far. He's <laughs> too close-minded. He is. You gotta have a. Which I, I was listening to the Black Keys episode again, and uh, it was it was funny when when Pat just kind of says like, you know, it's okay if you want to be an atheist, but you have to also accept that that could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And Joe was just like, yes, that's true. I was like, okay, yeah. well, all right, that's something. Well, yeah, which which we see if we watch older episodes of, of of Joe Rogan, he's like super like, it's nonsense, it's ridiculous, no, right? You can't go from the dead, just show proof. It's, it's like a thirteen year old kid, atheist kid, right? Like you know, very dumb arguments, <laughs> uh, and just just angry atheist crap. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely lightened up a little <laughs> on the whole thing. 
It's the drugs, man. It's the yeah, dance. right. You saw God. He met him. <laughs> <laughs> He's been there. Yeah, that's what I think it was. Steve O was on. We were talking. He's like, Steve O was like, I've met God a few times. We're <laughs> 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 talking about drugs. <laughs> well, speaking about meeting God, <laughs> today's yeah. topic: gifts of the spirit. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> big sigh to start it off i know this is those weird things like especially uh, like calvinist reform folk don't right. know what to do with this yes woo woo you know mm -hmm. gets a little weird well i mean and that's the problem right is that when you start talking about it it gets a little weird because the the well has been poisoned for so long because when you say spiritual gifts you picture some televangelist running up and down the aisles, yeah. people falling over, getting hit with coats and flying across the room, uh, <laughs> people babbling on stage and saying they're talking with angel languages or something. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, in, 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 in the big uh, the big thing with that is uh, scripture. It's like there's a fight going on between like the Holy Spirit and this sort of like charismatic leaning and scripture and doctrine and theology of the mind and stuff. And so, um, and, and, and there's what I, what I tend to see is I, I tend, or is this? So Abby says, I was shocked to see that Sam storms does for sure. Believe in the gifts. He even has an entire podcast dedicated to this. He's totally reformed. I was mind blown. Sam Storms, yeah, he's he's a little bit more charismatic, I think, isn't he? I thought he was. That was his thing. Char not totally, I mean, but like, yeah, charismatic is that's. I mean, see, he's kind of like, like Driscoll was kind of like that. Yeah, like, Driscoll did kind of drift into I'm that. I'm hearing too. voices and right, and also Calvinist <laughs> and like yeah, um, yeah, no, that that's that that, that makes sense. But um, so it's like two sides. Totally biblical, theological, doctrinal, right, mindy kind of academic side or whatever. It's like it's got to make sense biblically. We got to read it. We got to be able to articulate it. You know, it's a confession about it. And then there's the I'm feeling it, and God, right. you know, running through. You know, God and, has a word for somebody in this place tonight. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And but what I tend to see though is I, I and maybe I just haven't seen it. Because it's not as sensational or, or like mm. doesn't go viral as much, but like the hardcore Calvinist guy disregarding the Holy Spirit, or saying mm. or saying real like heretical things about against the Holy Spirit and right. against the Spirit moving in someone or whatever of like no it it doesn't work that way or whatever like right, right. like that I don't I tend not to see that I t I think there is some. Uh, concession of like, well, yes, the Holy Spirit does move through, and it is that's how we regenerated, you know, uh, from the from the Reformed Calvinist guys. But I do see it from the like more Pentecostal charismatic mm -hmm. group of like disregarding Scripture. Yes, uh, you know what I mean, and right. and really saying kind of heretical things in their excitement and zeal for the Holy Spirit moving. If you don't like speak that. in tongues, you're not saved. If you don't, right. This, you're right. Right, I see more of that on the other on the charismatic side <clears throat> than I do of a disregard of the Holy Spirit and spiritual right. things on the reform side. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that makes me think like, okay, well, which you know, kind of where where am I going to leave? Who's dis who's doing the most heretical disregarding? I would say the charismatics mm -hmm. more so. You know, right? 
I think with uh, with re reform types, or even just more conservative types, you know, Southern Baptist types, there's a tendency to just want to not touch it. Like, yes, yeah. this is in the scripture. Yes, this is true. We don't really understand it, so we're just kind of going to gloss over it. Yeah, but I see even the traditional, like, evangelical Baptist people even now, you know, kind of the Hallmark Christianity, getting heretical with in a charismatic way of, mm. like, uh, well, God's speaking to me, and you know, the, the positive encouraging Caleb, and like it's that's all about, true, yeah. It's all about feel good, it's all about heart, it's all about mind, it's all about you, kind of self idolization, mm. self help, Christianity kind of thing. Right. Um, and so that's that, but that falls in line, I think, more with the charismatic side. Of, that's true. That's really true. That, I didn't thought about emotional that emotionalism and that feelings based right. kind of stuff because mm. uh, it's not anchored in scripture. Mm. So, so speaking, I mean, you were in the scripture as coincidentally, our topics have been seen to line up with Solomon's Bible studies. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice. Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> my first Corinthians homework and it's for the podcast too. So, so. <laughs> um, we have, it's next week. We're kind of, kind of just going through the reading of it. Um, right now we'll be meeting next Thursday for it. Um, but it's first Corinthians 12 talking about spiritual gifts. Uh, when Paul talks about that, um, it says, now there are varieties of gifts starting in verse four, writing of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone to each given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And it all, it talks about like about building up the church. Yes. Right. And that's kind of like where all these gifts have like tend to land is for the building up of the church. And if it's yes. not that, that's not part of it, then it's not a gift. Right. Mm, right. It's right. not that's that's not what this is about. Um, yeah, it's, it's just hard to like figure out because then there's the big debate of like cessationism and right. continuationism, right? Like have these right. things stopped? Has prophecy stopped? Has tongues stopped? Uh, or is it still going on totally just as legitimately as we see in the Bible? Um, well, I think part of it is we've lost the biblical definition of it, right? So, like, when we say tongues, we picture the babble. But when you read Acts at Pentecost, it was languages. Like, they were speaking to everybody who had come to Jerusalem from all over the empire right. in their own language. That's what tongues was. But he does talk about like a, a an angelic language, and that's not a that's not a cultural. That's true. National languages, right. and so and then an interpreter being needed for that, and I think that's where everybody's leaning on the charismatic side of like, well, I'm speaking the tongue of angels, and you know. And it's <laughs> well, like, we okay. have a we have a mutual friend who went to a charismatic uh, assemblies of God church before, who was uh, who talked about being like how they taught them to to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. And it was the whole like you just kind of hold your tongue and and you know just make syllables until something comes out. Yeah, I saw this um, in the in the supplemental reading, and I forget who this is by. This is uh, let me see, I have it here. We put it all in this big binder, and I'm like totally screwing up the pages now, which sucks because <laughs> they're not numbered. But it's okay. Um, and I forget, I'll credit it later, but he says, uh, we can even consider the gift of speaking in tongues from this perspective. If we think of speaking in tongues as prayer in syllables, not understood by the speaker, see first Corinthians 14, two and verse 14, then it is true that not every Christian has the gift of speaking in tongues. And once again, it must 
be said that some Christians would argue that no one has the gift today since the age of the apostles has ended. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we must recognize that every Christian has times of prayer in which his or her prayer is expressed not only in intelligible words and syllables, but also in terms of sighs, groans, or weeping mm -hmm. that we know is understood and heard by the Lord and that express needs and concerns of our hearts that we cannot fully put into words. And he just points to Romans 8, 26 through 27. Yes, right. Once again, we should not call this a gift of speaking in tongues, but it does seem to be a general ability in our Christian lives that is somewhat related to the gift of speaking in tongues, in that it gives expression of prayer in syllables that we do not fully understand, but that the Holy Spirit nonetheless makes into effective prayer that is heard by God. And so it's like, okay, I mean, I can kind of understand that of just kind of a, a loss for words, right. but still kind of mumbling and still kind of just like, uh, you know, just not, not knowing really what to say. And, and we can experience that, especially in like great times of grief or something, or mm -hmm. just kind of like, I just don't even have the words to say, right. but I'm, but I have to express something verbally. Um, he says the point of this whole discussion is simply to say that spiritual gifts are not as mysterious or quote unquote otherworldly as people sometimes make them out to be. Mm. Many of them are only intensifications of highly developed instances of phenomena that most Christians experience in their own lives. So that kind of like brings it down to earth, right. I guess. Right. <laughs> earth one, uh, <clears throat> a little bit, and just kind of understanding speaking in tongues and what that can mean and what you know what are we talking about and um, well I'm, and it's interesting too that those are those are the ones that are highlighted when we think about spiritual gifts is like healing or tongues or prophecy like the the uh showy ones the, the you know the ones that are like oh awe-inspiring but not like administration or service or teaching or you know shepherding but those are also spiritual gifts yeah yeah it's hard man because like you know when it, when it talks about like uh, prophecy, and you know, it's like, well, we have scripture. Like, right. prophecy back then was the word of God, yes, from God through man to the people. And but that's what scripture is. So when, when someone asks, and we, we we simplify it too much too, of like just ask asking, well, so you're saying God can't speak today, you know? Or it's like, well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying God has spoken, mm. and this is what He said has said in Scripture, you know. So I think any any prophecy or any kind of like uh, word from the special word from the Lord that anybody might be saying they heard wouldn't contradict Scripture. It would fall like it, it would be almost like a redundancy. It seems like mm -hmm. you know what I mean because there there will be no new revelation besides what we find in Scripture. And so if someone wants to say that, like. God told me to uh, pray for someone and to obey this commandment. It's like, okay, that, yeah, like he, but you said that in scripture. He told me that too, you know? <laughs> and so that's, that's where it, it gets this like weird individualism thing of like, well, he told me to yes move here or right. something. And it's like, okay, um, to like bring the gospel to all Okay, yeah, great. That kind of falls in line with what he told everybody. You know, but it's like, no, 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 me, me, me. He told me, you right. know, specifically. And, 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 and we do have certain calls to like specific things, right? Right, and right. So it's like, yes, but when someone says like they had an audible voice from God or something, it's like, okay, I mean, that has to be tested by scripture and to make sure it's 
falls in line with it, which, you know, if it does, then it is God. That was God talking to you just like he would have and did through scripture already. You know, I don't know. It's just like, why the redundancy? You know what I mean? Like, because uh, here's, here's my rationale because we're stubborn. So sometimes it needs to be redundant, the redundant, like any, anytime we're having discussions about things and, and me, you, me with any of our other friends and, and there's like a correcting process. It's not like they're telling you something new, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're just bringing you back to what you already know from scripture, but it's that redundancy of like throwing it back in your face again. Yeah. Like not only, not only is it playing in scripture, but like, Hey, specifically to you, in this moment, this applies to you right now because you're mm -hmm. messing up in this way. Yeah. And that's like the friend talking to you or something or right. some kind of, yeah. And it can, it can be a word like that where it's like, well, you are just telling you what the Bible says, but right like now <laughs> it, it comes through kind of thing. So yeah. in church, we had this discussion, this discussion came up because we're in Ephesians. Uh, we got to chapter four. So Ephesians four starting in 11. And this is why this whole thing came up. Um, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So where we were kind of kicking it around is like, okay, well, if these gifts are here until we all attain the full measure of the stature of Christ— at what point can you say, like, we've hit it, we're done, we don't need them anymore? Mm -hmm. And, you know, our kind of conceit was like, well, I don't, I'd never, <laughs> not yeah. here anyway. Yeah. Um, I know. So we're talking about that uh, in, in, let's see, First Corinthians 13. I think it's talking about where until the perfect comes. Yes. Um, is it? Is it First Corinthians, uh, thirteen? No, it's. Hang on. Sorry. Yeah, thirteen. Look. Yeah, thirteen. Um. They will cease for knowledge will pass away. Yeah, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I, as I have been fully known. So tongues, prophecy will pass away. Tongues will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So that's a big question. I was like, well, right. when is that? When is the perfect come? That sounds like cessationism. Like tongues right. will cease. Okay. But when? When the perfect comes. Okay, what is that? And I think that uh, it kind of has to be the return of Christ. Right. Right. So, so, we, so tongues haven't passed away yet. Prophecy hasn't passed away yet. Right. Right. So that's what's okay so now we got to look at tongues and prophecy and right. you know <laughs> and i don't think there will be a prophecy of <clears throat> the lord you know what i mean oh. like anybody who does that is like reading the bible 
you know, like, okay, <laughs> you're not, like, because that's, the, the, humanity has never been without the word of God, right? you know, whether through a burning bush or through audible voice or through uh, prophets, we've always had, God has always spoken. And so now we have scripture and that's complete. So, and so again, I'm not going to say God can't speak audibly or a burning bush or any other way that he has in the past, but it would be saying what the Bible already says, I think. Right. Like that's the way you know it's a word from God is if it lines up with scripture. Like, I think God's telling me to sleep with my girlfriend. You know, <laughs> like, mm, <laughs> I don't think that's, that's God, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what it comes comes down to but i think there is this weird thing of like well god spoke to me you know like mark driscoll has this of like when he, when he talks about like when he's on that men's retreat and he heard the audible voice of god tell him to marry his wife girlfriend grace and plant churches and teach men and lead men and an audible voice from god told him that right and you know he's talking with doug wilson about it and he's like yeah uh you know so god told you to teach the bible okay yeah he told me too like (laughs) right none of that was radical or new or right like okay i mean sure but i think there's this 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 especially someone like mark driscoll who is very um little c charismatic you know of like he's got a lot of charisma he's got a lot of you know zeal and stuff that that the the, kind of like the special revelation of like well he spoke Mm -hmm. differently to me Right, you right. know, and so I've got this kind of specialness about me that a uh, special calling. And I mean, again, maybe he does. I mean, he's, he's not doing what a lot of us aren't doing, you know. So, but I, I don't know. It, it becomes like this weird personality thing of like, I'm special and I have the secret knowledge and I have the special calling. And so listen to me and that can get kind of culty, you know. Well, it's kind of like what we were talking about. Uh, was it in City of God that you read it about? Um, when he was talking about the difference between being a pastor and pastoring or between, you know, being a shepherd and shepherding. Yeah. It's like superintending yes. like the, the episcopate, you know, and being a bishop, but it's about service and work. Right. It's not, it's not a, it's not a position really. It's a ver- it's more verbal. It's more like you're, you're a doer of this. You're right. Like, right. This isn't, an, this isn't an office necessarily that you hold. This is a responsibility that you have to do, you know, as, as, a, as a pastor or a leader or something. And that's why it does get into that weird place where we see people calling themselves prophets or bishops or whatever. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> calm down. This is clearly about you. Yeah, an apostle. I'm an apostle. I've got the gift of apostleship. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's a, a lot of it is just we have to do the work of demystifying it and taking away that cultural context that it has in modern America. That whole, you know, Second Great Awakening, Azusa Street Revival charismatic quaker shaker all that kind of stuff stripping all that away and that strays from scripture though yes you know and that gets culty and that's where you have all these kind of apocalypse cults and stuff and yeah because you don't you don't see scripture as like the anchor the the supreme court ruling on all these things that that had to come down you know that you that you experience or something you know i mean it gives you a way to supersede it right because if you're the prophet why do i need to read the bible ask you yeah, you're talking to God. A, I've got a new revelation. Yeah. I got a direct another, line for another testament. Yeah, <laughs> another test. You, another remember, did you testament. ever see the commercials when they used to have commercials on TV? 
the Mormons? Yeah, it would be like at midnight or 2 a.m. And it would always be like, uh, you could call the number and get the book. And then it'd be like the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. No. Uh, I remember seeing them a lot. It, it would always start with like. Uh, That's what it says on the front of the book, though. Yeah, but they're holding the book. They narrate it also, so you know what's going on. (laughs) It would always start with like a a scene from the Bible of Jesus doing something, and then they would like segue into it. Like, did you know there's also another testament? Yeah, I I remember the commercials and like advertisements. They're like, "I'm a Mormon," and it's oh yeah, some black guy playing soccer or something. (laughs) It's like they have to normalize it. They have to. Well, you know what it reminded me of? Of just because you're like this nice couple. We're Mormons, and it was just like we're normal people, you know. And the, the, yeah, trying to normalize it, but it reminded me of too is like I, I think they had a similar ad campaign for like HIV. It was like <laughs> <laughs> it's like very normal people, like I have HIV, and it's like, and I'm going to work, and I'm fine, and I'm a normal person, you know. Like I'm a Mormon, and I'm you know going to school, and I'm doing stuff, and it's like, oh, they're just like me. It's normal. They're okay. Yeah. Well, they had to they had to normalize it because people know what they believe now. So they had to like, I mean, yes, but I'm normal, guys. I'm not weird. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a weird stuff. But um, yeah, I know it's it, it the cares the whole charismatic thing, dude. Like, it really is. I I, I think strays from scripture too much. Mm. And and yeah, it does get that like, well, you don't have the spirit unless you're speaking in tongues. You don't have, yes. you know, and it just like twists things to in an unbiblical heretical way, I think. And so I think that's that's the big problem is that there's more heresy on the charismatic side than mm. there is on the like reformed, more uh, down to earthish sort of non charismatic side. You know what mm. I mean? Right. So, but it does make me think sometimes because I was talking with I uh, the the music leader at our at our church and um she was saying she was talking about how like there's not much of a response like because our church is very like uh, <laughs> not charismatic right <laughs> very uh, I don't know hands in pockets kind of stuff singing right stuff. but um just responding different way and, and and she was expecting more of like an emotional like response mm. and just or at least singing and that right, is right. And, that, and that is true and when she started saying so i was like you know what we need we do we should there there is more of a posture of worship that i think right. can be you know uh that we can get more more of an effort to i guess uh, as far as just at least seeing you know because uh, there's not even singing you know and and that's like, okay, if you're not seeing, that's a problem. You need to open up your mouth and like really participate in this and do that. We need to be doing this together. Right. Um, and, and we were talking about like emotional experiences and how like music can kind of pluck on the heartstrings and people mm-hmm. can have these like experiences and stuff. And, you know, I was like, look, I, I try to, she's like, but that's, but that the, the spirit does move that way. Like, you know, and like God created those heartstrings, you know? And it's like, that's true. Like it's, it, we aren't just having a, primitive evolutionary biological response to this god created all that and so we're responding as humans he created us as humans we're creating the image of god and we do well up in tears because when our heartstrings are plucked why because there is a god and that is him moving and i'd say it to the atheist who you know tears up at a symphony or something or 
you know, like has emotional reactions to things right. because you create an image of God. You know what this is. Mm. You know that there's truth in that <clears throat> and that you're not just that love is not just synapses firing the brain and chemicals spilling in, th in, in your body. It, it's it's a reason like they're like that stuff is real. Love is real. And so when we say, oh, your heartstrings, oh, just an emotional experience. We're talking more like the atheist, you know, evolutionist. Than we are someone actually believes in God that He can move emotionally and spiritually that way, and so I don't think we need to we, we need to not be so like afraid of emotional experiences in that mm. and or like heartstrings being plucked. Now right. is there manipulation? Yes. Is right. there can there be like false conversions and stuff? Yes, but you know because I because in that conversation I said you know I, I would I'd rather I'd rather someone not respond really and actually get into discipleship. Not, mm. not tear up at the music, but actually show up on time to discipleship groups and do things and read their Bible every day and pray right. whether or not. They're, they're, they're getting all emotional here and mm. having a great experience and they feel really high, you know, and here at church and stuff, but then they don't read the Bible every day. So it's like, well, what, what was moving you? What, right. Shouldn't that move you to get into discipleship and follow Christ and obey his commands and things? And, you know, or, or, or you know, who were you tearing up at at the, at the worship service or whatever? So, you know, she's like, it, it, I, she says she agree, but like, there's nothing, it should be both. It's not an either or basically, I guess it, it can be that emotional experience where the heartstrings that God created and you are plucked and that you do feel moved towards this and get into discipleship and read your Bible every day. Right, and right. Get into learning and understanding these things. But don't just like cut off the emotional thing of like, oh, he's faking it. Oh, it's just a, you know, emotional thing, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, don't just don't disregard it so quickly, I guess. And that that is something that we can um, that we robotic Calvinists can do. <laughs> well, I mean, much like marriage, right? Like you do things because they're husbandly duties, but also because you have affections for your wife. Like they're not right. mutually exclusive. Right. That's like the that's like John Piper's thing too, of like kind of taking joy in it and not just like right. a, a duty and a job, but like, no, I enjoy this. I delight in God and stuff. And that that can look very emotional sometimes. And I think we're just kind of just afraid to do that. But I think we're also built differently. You know, I think I I would I'd get I get fired up and my mind is blown and I I, I we we talked recently about prayer in a church. Mm. We talk about the acts, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, mm. right? It's like, okay, confession, okay, thankful. I kind of get that. But adoration is like, what, you know, mm. how, how do I like, pray adoration? Like, God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. You know, like, okay. Like, I, it's, it's hard <laughs> to like, articulate that in a prayer. Right. You know, we can we can do it in nature and, like, see, like, the, like really amazing things happening in nature and just, like, kind of be blown away by that. Um, by creation and in just kind of in adoration and in, in glorification of God. But I think I do the same thing with, with the dry, dusty doctrinal stuff, like, mm -hmm. you know, get into stuff. Like when I, um, you know, kind of started learning and I'm still learning about the covenant of redemption um, that was made between the three persons of the Trinity before he created the world. It's like, what like whoa like <laughs> that blew my mind and like this is really amazing and it answers questions that i had about scripture and stuff and so like but but that that you know i'll read 
some of the Sproul wrote about that. And it's like, whoa. And that like blows me away of like, oh man, yeah, that is right. That's true. Like it connects with this. And like, that's why the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's why the fall, that's why the serpent, that's why, because God is a redeeming God. And if he were to create a universe, it would be one to be redeemed. Like, whoa, like, I mean, that really does like give me goosebumps and like freak me out. And so there's my, that's my emotional reaction. I'm not, mm. it's not going to look like crying with my hands right. singing, you know, but I feel I, I am really equally just like, you know, in adoration of, of, of God in those moments, you know, mm. but it just looks different. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think again, going back to the, where it strays too far on the charismatic side is that everybody has to look like this. You have to be in tongues. You have to be crying. You have to be falling. You have your hands have to be in the air. It's not real. It's not genuine. Yeah. And I think the same way I can kind of look at that and be like, yeah, I don't really, I mean, I, okay. I don't get it, but you know, that's your kind of way of expressing. And someone with me like, Hey, read this book. And they're like, ah, I was kind of, right. You know, <laughs> you don't understand. Like, it's cool. It comes to redemption. Like, it's amazing. Right. You know? And they're just like, what? Okay. Explain it again. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, but we can't just discount it outright either side. Right. You know? Yes. Right. That, that's kind of. And with worship too, it's kind of, I, I think it boils down to kind of the intent of whoever's leading it. Right. Like, are they crafting their, their set for that Sunday to be emotional? Like, are they trying to get an emotional response or are they actually trying to glorify God in this moment? Like, you know, yeah. set your mind in that state of like, okay, we're coming into worship. So let's prep ourselves to come into that space. Yeah, and I think kind of expecting an emotional reaction or some kind of reaction like that is is kind of straying from your job and purpose as like a worship leader or something of just I'm going to share truth and I'm going to uh, kind of try and get all of our hearts right. Now, whether I can see that in their faces mm. or not is one thing, but, you know, I'm doing – it's like sharing the gospel with somebody and they just reject and it's like, oh, I failed or, oh, right. you know, something's wrong with them or something. It's like – no, that's just that's 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 not your job. Your job is to share the gospel. Your not your job is not to convert yeah. them or to change their heart. Only God can do that. And so, like you know, your job if you don't get a reaction from the singing or something, it's like, look, that's between them and God. You're doing your job. You're right. doing what you're supposed to do. And it, but it can be discouraging, you know. It's just like to to share the gospel a hundred times and get you know no interest or rejection and stuff. It's like it sucks, you know. You kind of want to see some some uh sewing going on or right. reaping from going off on so you know but you just got to know that you're not failing in, right. in what you're doing i guess so let's look at this and maybe kind of end off on here because it's uh what about healing abby says not like the name it and claim it but do you believe there are people gifted that have a better sense of things that god has given us to heal the body dr fauci <laughs> the saint himself <laughs> yeah, he gave us Fauci, didn't he? <laughs> and what do you want? He's a healer. <laughs> he's, he's the healer. He's mm -hmm. the science. Mm -hmm. He was science incarnate. And the good Dr. Fauci goes like Dr. King. You know. <laughs> well, who did he say? Dr. Fauci's Dr. clearly. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> That's, that gets tougher. because Dr. Strange. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's up there. It's up there. Right behind, neck and neck with, with Dr. Fauci. <laughs> but yeah. No, I mean, yeah, healing, like, this, this supplemental 
reading I, I did uh, for First Corinthians thing too was talking about that, but it was talking about in prayer of for healing, um, and so did the tongues thing. So it's amazing how much prayer comes into these spiritual gifts. Uh, and imagine that something a lot of us have trouble <laughs> trouble with, you know, of like right. just get just meditating and, and prayer and stuff, and you know we we a lot of people have a lot of real hard time with that. So no wonder we don't understand the gifts that you know tend to come through. This kind of meditation and filling your mind with God and uh, in prayer. So, um, but yeah, I was talking about praying for healing and like seeing results of that. And it's like, oh, okay, you might have a gift of healing, you know, because you, you tend to pray a lot for the sick and visit them and 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 do that, and uh, you're seeing results of like they do get healed. But I don't know. I don't think it's a smack you on the forehead like, you know, you're healed kind of thing but i mean it's kind of what it was in the bible so it's hard to say like um what that is oh man something that was super interesting in in uh this this reading i'm doing uh was talking about like this is something that all christians kind of have in general there's things that christians have in like all christians have like you have the gift of evangelism right Right. But, but we're all told to evangelize, right? You know what I mean, but 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 some of us have the gift of evangelism. It's like, okay, well, what is that? Because then it's like, because I think that's a lot, a big cop out for a lot of people. Was like, well, I don't share the gospel because I don't really have the gift of evangelism, right? Right. You know, I have the gift of, you know, staying home and listening uh, <laughs> to podcasts. My gift must be what I'm good at, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, my, my gift is my comfort zone. You know, we fall into that <laughs> a lot, right? Um. Yeah. So you're saying like, but on the other hand, uh, we must say that uh, that not everyone has the gift of teaching. But on the other hand, we, we must say that there are some general ability related to the gift of teaching that all Christians have, like a mom who teaches her kids, you know, but she, she doesn't have like a teaching position at the church, but like she right. teaches her kids uh, every night. And so I was like, well, you are teaching that that's that's teaching. But it's, you know it's a general ability so we all kind of have the, the, the teaching of the all christians have another way of saying this would be to say there is no spiritual gift that all believers have yet there is some general ability similar to every gift that all christians have we can see this with a number of gifts not all christians have a gift of evangelism but all christians have the ability to share the gospel with their neighbors and i would say the responsibility to share right. the gospel and a command right. to share the gospel um in that way but let me see there was another part too of like we're just talking about uh really kind of freaked me out too you see. have the you have the stats on this for mark <laughs> <laughs> i think it's four thoughts and prayers to every one hail mary every hail mary yeah <laughs> yeah we're not supposed to be praying to mary anyway so but yeah thoughts and prayers um let me see it's really good. It's, it's really worth this fumbling through to find it. <laughs> All right. So he's talking about how, um, in that sense of like, like it's just to to so to measure spiritual gifts by uh, spiritual maturity. Because mm -hmm. he, he talks about don't neglect your gift and like work on it. Right. Seek opportunities to try the gift. Right. And uh, so he says, indeed, on occasion, an 
even unbelievers are able to prophesy and cast out demons and do miracles. Mm. For Jesus says that at the last day, many will say to him, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? But Jesus would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from you, evildoers, Matthew 7, 22, 23. Mm. So, whoa. Right. You know, and so it's like, okay, so it says, so we must not evaluate spiritual matru- maturity on the basis of spiritual gifting. Mm. And so, like, that goes to the charismatic thing, though, of, like, you don't have the spirit unless you're speaking in tongues and stuff. Right? So, well, apparently a lot of unbelievers can speak in tongues and cast out demons, and they don't have the spirit. They don't right. have, right. you know, so what is that? It's that's kind of that's kind of weird, I think. Man, that is weird to think about that. They're they're never told that they didn't do those things. They're just told that he never knew them. Right. And like they cast out demons in Jesus' name. Right. I've never done anything like that. <laughs> and I'm saying, Lord, Lord, you know what I mean? Well, it's kind of right. freaking me out. I'm like, Jesus, oh, if they if they're not in, you know. <laughs> Where, where am I? Uh, it's because we look. It's the rank, right? Like that must be the super Christian if they can cast out demons and. Right, I'm saying like we shouldn't think of it that way. Right, you know, of like, oh, okay, well, they're better Christians because they have they're casting out demons. Like, well, they're not even Christians. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, I right. mean, there's, I mean, it's, it's a possibility that there are unconverted, charismatic pastors who. Maybe are doing something, but they themselves aren't actually converted, yeah. aren't actually Christians. Yeah, it's kind of like you know the, the whole thing of like whether by false motives or true. Mm. You know, if the gospel is shared, right. it's like that person sharing the gospel might not even be a Christian, but God is using them yeah. to bring someone to Christ. And like they weren't even a Christian; they don't even believe what they're saying, but they know the words, and they're and but they, their heart isn't there, but they're saying it, and people are hearing it and coming to faith. But that person isn't even saved. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's kind of cutting to the core right like <laughs> yeah describing a lot of the church yeah and that person's like well i've told 10 people and they all started coming to church and they're christians now and they got baptized so i must be saved it's like mm. maybe you know i mean or maybe god's just speaking through an ass <laughs> as he's as he tends as he's done before he's like i mean again what are you doing at that point you're using your works it's like, yeah. that's my justification. I did this. That's my justification. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's tough, man. But yeah, spiritual gifts, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a, it's, a, it's like a weird line. I think we, we can all uh, learn from each of our uh, discomfort zones, right? Mm. Of like where right. we fall. Um, I think the charismatic people can get more biblical and the biblical people can lighten up a little. Loosen their tie yeah. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know just have some experiences um yeah and music's a big one dude for me like i think it's for everybody i guess but um i i find myself not listening to as much music as i used to hmm. um and that's uh, I, I, I it's kind of been a goal of mine to change that because when i was in the hospital with covid I didn't want to hear because like, I'm pretty much all podcasts and theology news, you know, just stuff like that. Like about whether I listen to it, like, what's coming through my headphones is usually like theology or podcast, political you right. know, stuff. 
uh, very rarely just like music, you know, for, for a long time or whatever. Um, and so but when I was in the hospital, I was like, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anybody's opinions <laughs> on anything political. I could barely even think with like the brain fog and stuff. And it's like, I just don't even care. And so I started listening to jazz because I didn't want to hear any words. I didn't want to hear any singing or any yeah. messages or any words or anything. So I was like, well, I know jazz doesn't really have a lot of words or anything, but it is kind of upbeat. It's not classical music. You know, classical right. music is just kind of like, oh, it's kind of, it's just kind of a drag. <laughs> puts me to sleep but jazz has like a, has a beat in the tempo and stuff to it, but no words. So I was like, all right. And it's not techno and it's not like, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. So I started listening to that and, uh, and that, that really helped, man. I listened to Coltrane and um, the Love Supreme album. And that's really freaking good, man. Like, I listened to that every morning and then read the Book of Common Prayer. And, hmm. um, man, that, like, really took this robotic Calvinist to, like, a <laughs> spiritual. And I read the Psalms every day, too. And, and so it was a very, like, all right, let's reorient this whole study the bible and christianity thing to like a very you know kind of emotional thing but it was psalms you know it was it was you know poetry you know what i mean i mean it's like yeah. we tend not to do that as much we go to romans you know rather right. than psalm you know right right <laughs> which ironic because paul's quoting psalms like forever in Romans. <laughs> right again it's not an either or we got to get that either or out of our mind you know we got it's a both and you have to take it all right um but yeah, just and just listening to music, that was kind of a goal of mine too. Of like when I got out of the hospital, I was like, I want to listen to more music again. I want to listen to more jazz. I want to listen to just more other music that I just haven't listened to before and kind of get back into just, you know, letting music move me like it used right. to, you know. Because in high school, I listen, you know, there's no podcast. We're like in the golden age of podcasts right now. So we always right. have someone just talking to us, you know, rather than just like music and lyrics and 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 things kind of really moving us and Man, that's that's when I would say I've been moved the most is like at a David Crow, uh, David Crowder uh, band concert or something. Mm. You know, like man, this is this is amazing. Um, or just listening to albums and stuff. Like it's just really good. Uh, I need we need more of that. I, I need I need more of that. And I've been making a concerted effort over this year of doing that. I got some nice headphones and just kind of like let me just sink <laughs> into in. some yeah some good music it's yeah. kind of funny because music is kind of getting to the place where theology is where now it's not enough to listen to the music we have to break down and analyze every piece of it and every note and like we get cold and scientific about music the way that we do about theology sometimes. no just shut up i don't want to know <laughs> just, just listen to it just enjoy it i don't know how it does say watch a magic trick or something like, yeah, right i don't want to know how you did it just, just do uh, it just just i want to it's cool man just do it <laughs> yeah so. Well, I don't know if we really broke any new ground on that, but I feel like, if anything, it, it, we do want to get back to that reform people, like, loosen up a little bit. <laughs> let, let it go. It's okay to it's okay to experience God in a way that maybe doesn't make sense to you. And, like, why would it? Yeah. Why would it make sense for you for the spiritual to reach into the physical and just rattle everything? Why would that be something that you're like, oh, I can compartmentalize this and make sense of it? Yeah. And I think we can, we can miraculize. Mirac Miraculize, <laughs> miraculize, uh, miracleize a lot of things. I'm you trying know, to like, find a word. I don't know. Well, if you said, I heard someone like when a baby's born, it's like, it's a miracle. Right. Yes. You know, no, it's not. 
Like <laughs> it's I, very it's, natural. It's it's if you want to say call creation, you know, the act of creating something out of everything out of nothing by God. Yeah, that was a miracle. But like now, there's a created order of things, and that's right. how it goes. You know, uh, walking on water is not part of that. <laughs> you know, and so it, I think it. I think a miracle has to be something that does kind of break the norms and the order that God has put in place. But also, we do live in this kind of weird world where those yes. things happen. You know, right. and so that's how the Spirit moves. It's like, well, can the Spirit move in the real world? Well, it's like, well, it's God's world. So. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of here before, hovering over the the earth, right, you know, right. when it was without form and void. It's like, oh, hovering it's, above the I waters. Mean, it's almost like he's here first, you know. So, can, can the spirit move in the world? Like, well, the world doesn't move without the spirit. Right. <laughs> it shouldn't be a question. Yeah, especially after Christ, he right? Sent, sent the Holy Spirit, you know, right? Where it was kind of hanging out in the holy of holies before, and it's like, no, he's that's like in you, like it embodies us at the temple that's a crazy thought too that idea of like the holy like he was just in that that's where they interacted with him that was a space they could come to it's like can you imagine being the curtain's torn and that means something you know (laughs) right i mean can you imagine me the priest having to go in there yeah (laughs) and they got to tie that rope to your foot just in case you don't make it yeah that once a year it's like oh god He's like dreading it the whole like the calendar like <laughs> I'm up this year. <laughs> I'm up tying the rope around his waist like he's like all right who did I did I have a fight with my wife this morning? What did I say about that other priest? Man. Gotta make sure I repent before I go in there. It's like going to Chernobyl, like <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I mean that's pretty... like scrubbing him down every time out like uh... they gotta put the veil that was Moses with the veil. Like don't look at him. Don't look at him, he's <laughs> shining. <is> radioactive. <laughs> But I mean, uh, there, there was, there's that truth too, that I think we got to realize too. And, and it's why we can have this spiritual experiences because they got to interact with the spirit once a year. Mm-hmm. We get to interact with them every second of our life <laughs> from conversion forward. Like it's a, a, a presence that's with us always. Yeah, man. And I don't think we really think about that. No, we don't. We don't appreciate it enough. And that's something that we definitely can, can have more of. Again, it's both and it's not either or it's, it's, it's both and those things, you know? Right. Um, we need to kind of sink into that and find your spiritual gifts too. Like I think every church mm. should be actively finding where their members are gifted and mm. leaning into those things. Right. And, and, and not, it's, it's kind of weird cause we want to be like in a lot of other ways of, of work or, or education or something. We want to be well-rounded. We want to kind of have our, mm. uh, a foot in every camp kind of thing. Right. Like, well, I want to be, you know, versatile and, you know, kind of universal, but it's like, well, you, you have certain gifts. You should lean into those and don't, don't fight it, like lean into that and, right, and right. do your thing because that's what God's called you to, what he's created for you for and the gifts. And in the, the, this reading I'm doing too, it says like talking about does, does, does one, do the gifts, can the gifts in your life cease? Like you have the gift of singleness mm-hmm. until you get married. Right. And then it's like, okay, well then what so you didn't, you know, maybe for a time you did have the gift of singleness to do some things for God while you're single, but now you're married. And so now that's not the case anymore or whatever. Mm. And so there's kind of like seasons to these things as well. Um, but the foot doesn't become the hand, you know, right? Like, but, but you have, it, it is, it's, it's a continual thing in you. Like your gift is your gift your whole life. Right. Right. You know, I think, and, and we can develop certain things that may have been more latent in us or whatever that we think are, are new, but they were kind of always there. Right. We're just leaning into them more and acknowledging them more. Um, but it's not like, 
well, my gift of evangelism is going to go away. I'm going to have a gift of like prophecy. And I was like, no, that's you're that's you, man. Like just lean into that. So I don't think they ebb and flow that much in, in right. that way. But, um, you know, the foot, the, 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 the eye doesn't become the, the ear, you know, right. Like the eye stays the eye and that's it. That's your gift. That's your place. That's your kind of position. And it's kind of accepting the reality of that and understanding you're not an ear. So stop. Hmm. You know, I Stop played, trying to be. I, I led worship one time for our church, and that is not my gift. <laughs> I think I think I was actually there that day. <laughs> Were you? I think I was. Yeah, I, I'm pretty oh, sure I was. Yeah, I only did it once. <laughs> yeah, then I was definitely there. So we just like had nobody, and I can kind of fake it on guitar. <laughs> you so had like, like a. It was the finish was like a heavy sigh and like the sweat pouring oh, off yeah. your brow. <laughs> I was like, well, I look out and I, you know, while I'm like screeching my way through a song you know uh and i just i see the pastor's wife and her face is is literally like <laughs> like like i'm sorry for you i feel bad for you like, no one had an emotional experience oh my god it was, it was awful and i was like well that's not my gift that's not my it, it wasn't good <laughs> so find your gift churches should be actively trying to find uh, people's gifts and leaning in them and kind of knowing that uh, know your gift, know your wife's gift, know, you know, your kids' gifts and trying to look at that. Um, yeah. And lean into it. Cool. Well, in the meantime, uh, yeah, dig into Corinthians and Ephesians and, you know, work it out, go back to the scripture. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's the thing too, because there's resources and things you can look into and like, oh, what does this person think? What does this person think? And that's cool. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, where do we fall? What does the Bible actually tell us about these things? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that spirit. It's just weird. It's weird. And it's. Yeah. And then Doug Wilson was saying like, yeah, we, we, t we, we get weirded out by it. You know, we, we know it's father, son, Holy spirit, but a lot of us want to say father, son, Holy Bible. <laughs> 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 I don't know what to do with that spirit thing. Man. But yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for coming in. Uh, thanks you for, for watching tonight. We will upload the podcast to Spotify. Follow us on there. Also on TikTok, we're still on there. Follow us there if you're on that. YouTube, we're on we there. Start, we need to start dancing on uh, I can't. <laughs> That's gonna be that we're not our spiritual gifts. TikTok, <laughs> TikTok dance is not <laughs> definitely not where we're at. No. No, but uh, do all the things you're supposed to do with those like, share. Am I here? I'm still yeah, here. You froze a second. Yeah, I froze for a second. I saw it. Cool. <laughs> so <laughs> until IT next is time. Not your gift. <laughs> it's not Lewis's either, apparently. Uh, <laughs> until next time, this has been the time and the place. We'll see you guys. See ya.